podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh that funny child that says he likes turtles oh hey i was just watching popular memes but this is kip and with me is ali hey ali and together we're a podcast the name of the moon i'll podcast you episode four revenge no that's jaws of the turtles revenge of the turtles <laughs> No, uh, so here we are. It's another full moon, uh, maybe a week later, but who the fuck cares? We got stuff to do. It's been a rough week. Yeah. I got hot dogs to grill and shoes to fill. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... This full bit. moon hit hard, and we've got Mercury in retrograde in a couple days, so yay. I thought that Mercury was in the in the ninth grade, according to the Sailor Moon. Are they in ninth grade already? I'm assuming they're like... I thought they were still in middle school. Middle school, ninth grade, though. Like how like some places do it. Oh, yeah. Because they're like 14 and 15. Because Ray's 15. I, yeah, I don't get that Ray isn't. I think Ray should be a year older than them. And I think Jupiter should either be Ray's age or a year older than that. Yeah, that would Like, make... I know it's just because she's tall. But she looks more like she should be like in between Ray and Motoki. She has like a very much like a giant woman, silly earth man like thing going on that makes her look. <laughs> We're definitely getting ahead of ourselves. A little bit. But uh, so if you've not listened to In the Name of the Moon, I'll podcast you before. We are a podcast about comparing the live action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon with the Sailor Moon anime, the original one for the 90s. And that's taking us on some twists and turns because basically um, the live action show introduces all of the Sailor Scouts immediately. And the anime takes its like sweet time. So uh, for this episode, we looked at episodes 21 through 25 of the anime and six and seven of the live action. And we also did not take good notes this week. So be prepared. <laughs> and speaking of which, can you tell me about what it's like to be an animated mess? Protect the children's dreams. Friendship through anime. No, because you see how that's in green. The green means it's your episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gotcha. So, turns out, anime is something that people have to make. It is not just produced from the air. And basically, uh, the whole plot of this episode is um, that Nephrite is trying to get more energy, so decides to try and get the power of God and anime on his side. Um, and he goes and gives a haunted pen to or um haunts a pen <laughs> curses a pen that belongs to a, a like a local animator um and she ends up getting really obsessed with with working and like creating anime and then uh that eventually becomes two gay monsters and it's a very gay, i mean they're all very gay episodes but this is also especially a very gay episode because like I think it's very interesting that 
the animation team presented here is all women because it is totally the kind of industry where like a lot of women did it then they got pushed out and then men were doing it then it got outsourced sort of like see here like all these like female like animators like in this weird house and doing this like slog of work right and Hiromi and Kazuko are totally girlfriends um but so I looked it up and in real life um they're named after two of the actual animators um but they're a straight couple they just gave them their names that's cool um I think that lesbians should get to be straight couples (laughs) uh (laughs) What did you think about the dad? That was my main question. The Pokemon trainer? The director dad? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, like the like Pokemaniac Carl or whatever his name is. <laughs> I was very excited to hear your thoughts on him with his baby on his back. and Very much like middle manager has to make things work vibe. Um, I did get some of the stuff of like, oh yeah, I've worked with younger adults that have like not understood things have been like passionate like like you mean like horny you mean like like really sexy (laughs) no passion can you make it look more passionate more emotionally oh like slutty (laughs) no please my child's here (laughs) she's an animal or something but no um yeah just there's a definite line being drawn between the like middle-aged man and like the like young female animators too i thought it was a it was a cute episode i loved the scene where abby finds like the illustration so goes to their place sees nephrite and then gets out his car and says (laughs) i want to beat the shit out of you nephrite and he's so competent that he is not concerned that mercury's there that mercury knows who he is when he's not looking like nephrite like jadeite could never I have a hard time, though. I'm going to have a hard time compartmentalizing until we get to the points where I am compartmentalized. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I This was a very fun episode because it's very clear that this is the creator talking a little bit and the anime studio talking a little bit about what it's like to, to make anime, which is it sucks. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of work that like is massive amounts of like repetition and you'll be rewarded for like being this weird opportunist workaholic (laughs) but also like how that what she was like doing better work she wasn't getting more money she She wasn't wasn't happier happier and like her work quality like sometimes like people get like weird on like anime studios when they clearly were understaffed like no, like, of course your fan art is more detailed than, like, this frame. There's, like, 30 frames a second. <laughs> There's, like, thousands of these, you know? But I don't know. Um, I like stuff like the, like, group pension. I liked uh, the monsters, how they were just, like, rat king girls. Very hot. They're always hot. They have, like, the 90s anime vaguely, like, snake-like or, like, aquatic monster like tops it's like a leather pleather crop top thing i don't think there's been a not hot monster in the anime the monsters in the live action are sexy as hell (laughs) various degrees of something but i don't know that there were any that i mean the medusa one in this 
today's episode, that one might be the hottest one so far. But I don't think I would call any of them hot. Yeah, um, because like they're not like sexy monster people. They're like, let's do some fun suit designs and. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I the the only thing I would make an exception for is I feel like if you found the right fanfic about the airplane man, I feel like there could be promise there. <laughs> okay, I see. Here's my new fanfic called Ice Cream Machine with me and the plane man. Uh, <laughs> but no. I mean, yes, because like when in the live action, what they have to do is they have to make gimmicks for a physical person. They can't just be like, here's this really aesthetic person that's going to throw one fireball and, and get killed in one attack. It's like, oh, this is something that has to be able to move and like get across. It's like vague. it's almost like wrestling, honestly. Like, he, like, what's this gimmick? Oh, ninja. Oh, plane. Oh, balloon. <laughs> Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think this would have been a better episode if we hadn't grouped it with the next three episodes because there's lots of emotions that I have to deal with which detracts from like light fluffy episodes. Let's talk about that then. Um episode 22, Worth a Princess's Ransom, Romance Under the Moon, Usagi's First Kiss. I honestly forgot until you said that, that that that's even part of this. I forgot that Usagi and Tuxedo Mask are even part of this. Yeah. Um, I will say first off, the Diamond Kingdom stuff is cringy as hell. Like the kingdom where all the diamonds come from. I was like, you know, like blood diamonds, torture, more slaver. I don't think you're supposed to think about that part. I think you're just supposed to be sucked into the mystery and be like, hmm, I wonder if it could be the silver crystal. I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. I've heard a lot about anime and anime characters and like how they're foundational. I've seen like gift sets. I've seen people talk about, oh, this was when I knew this mm-hmm. about myself. Yep. <laughs> Keep going. So Kunzite and Zoisite are two of the other demon king generals of hell under Queen Barrel that we like have met Zoisite before, but we meet Kunzite for the first time. I feel like I would have, I feel like I should have heard a lot about their dynamic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Can you describe their dynamic? Um, my note is just Zoisite is in Kunzite's lap. Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. What's this? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. How your reaction was just the title for an episode of Sailor Moon? (laughs) It is, though. Zoe's a concise lap? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What's this? this? (laughs) Concise hot. He's like ethereal anime hot. He looks a lot like Hinayasha's brother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep, that's a vibe. Everything is a vibe. <laughs> this is this is a rough time. It's a 90s anime. Everything is a vibe. <laughs> just, because, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just are very much, like, I'm so surprised I didn't, like, go to my first convention and see them being cosplayed, you know? Right, I feel like they should get cosplayed more. I feel like, honestly, like, I get the tuxedo mask hype. I do. Yeah. And like, especially like having grown up and like wanting Sailor Moon toys and wanting Sailor Moon merch and stuff. Like, 
growing up, like, especially have not watching the show and just having those images of Tuxedo Mask and Sailor Moon, the greatest ship of all time. Uh, somebody should have been talking about all of Queen Barrel's dudes, though. Yeah. They're all hot. I'm in love with all of them. I mean, not Zoisite, but 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 he can grow on me now. Like, he he's finally interesting now. Honestly, I think that if there was, as much as I like the, like, Pretty Guard Sailor Moon, I would love a Riverdale style, like, CW Sailor Moon. Somebody, just one person, one person write in and say you want us to do a Riverdale podcast so that we can do a Riverdale podcast. Just one person, please. Okay, and then could one person and then also everybody else write in to say you want us to do a Sopranos podcast? You make a poll on Twitter. A poll. Riverdale or Sopranos? No other context. <laughs> Just like, hey, we're taking this. We want to look at different kinds of, of like tokusatsu. So Riverdale or Sopranos. I'm sure there's somehow an argument. Okay, no, that scene that I saw today of Cheryl Blossom with the bees on her hands. I feel like we could I could make an argument for that being Toku. Okay. I can't right now because I haven't watched it in season five, so we gotta better start this podcast. Here's <laughs> before the thing. I can make the argument. Everything you could enjoy from Riverdale happens in Toku, just more honest. <laughs> I don't know if anything's as honest as highs and lows of high school football. I, there's definitely been people that have been in jail and been like, oh, <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I'm avoiding. Can you see that I am avoiding? I wrote down that Nephrite has a great grit smile, which I don't remember what that's from. I definitely did not write that down. I wrote down that if you call your crush Mr. Last Name, that he is too old for you. <laughs> and that was probably my very last holdout. Mr. Forgy. Naru and <laughs> Nephrite. Mr. Pendragon. Uh, we should just preface this with... Yeah. It's yucky. It's a problem. Don't date older people. Well, no, 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 no. He's like, ab- older in, people don't date younger people. As At a certain point, like, if you're like 26 and you want to date a 34-year-old, go for it. If you're 16 and you want to date a 24-year-old, don't go for it. Go to church. I'm just saying, Read a book. before we talk about these three episodes, I just want to make it clear. I understand that it's bad. I understand that it's a problem. I am also, unfortunately, probably the number one Naru Nephrite shipper. I think that sometimes when we enjoy these kinds of ships in media, we do have to understand that like they're being written from the perspective of the person who wants to be loved by this person wants to experience this person it's much more like like this is in media a lot of times when we see like in modern cases like women being written interested in dudes that they shouldn't it's much more like the drama of it and like enjoying it from their perspective not that it's right but it's much more like oh like this is for naru to like this dude not for this dude to like naru you know i feel like I feel like it's a bigger problem because he dies. If he didn't die, if they had time to like redeem him for real and have him be Spike and stick around and 
it would have been like the greatest ship of all time. <laughs> but it being so abbreviated, I think that makes it. I wouldn't. It doesn't make not that it makes it more toxic than it is. It just emphasis emphasizes. <laughs> not a lot of this happens in this episode. It's mostly just set up to how Naru's feeling. Okay, fine. Like, yes, but like it is true. Like I think you can write somebody who likes somebody they shouldn't. I think that you have to be extremely careful when you write somebody who shouldn't liking somebody younger. Like if you're like writing like a 16 year old who has like a crush on her teacher or whatever that's different from writing a teacher that reciprocates right i mean we're still in the phase where enough right is not reciprocating or does not know that he is reciprocating yeah <laughs> um so basically the plot this episode does have a plot it's not just a precursor to my naru feelings um like you said there's a kingdom of diamonds it's basically the anime counterpart to the live action episode that we looked at earlier on where there's a big party because there's a crystal being shown and everybody thinks that it might be the silver crystal that they're mm-hmm. all looking for. Um, But because Naru's mom is a jewelry store owner, she has tickets to the event or whatever. So Naru's there. Um, Usagi sneaks in because she can't not go and also it might be the silver crystal that she needs but really she just can't not go to this beautiful fancy royal party um nephrite does bad shit <laughs> i wrote that he <laughs> my, no- my note says that nephrite pulls a Kel- evil calcifer <laughs> i wrote great nephrite grinch smile so i think there that must, must have be been the same scene. thing yeah there must have been a scene where he put on a smile for Naru because he thought Naru knew Sailor Boon, right? No, not yet. He doesn't think that yet. Oh, okay. Right now, he's just like, oh, this girl <laughs> likes me. I can use her to get to the princess. I have the note, not Umino, because I thought the princess was Umino in drag to get into the party. I wrote, princess is sad and lonely and thinks she's ugly, a mix between Velma and Umino. Because, like, they're doing the anime nerd spiral Coke bottle glasses thing. So, like, I... And, like, she's short, so I thought, oh, it's Umino, but it's just a different character. But, yeah, so we have two diverging things going on. Nefrite is possessing Naru to go befriend the princess so that he can then possess the princess and steal the crystal. Usagi is supposed to be there to look for the crystal, but she's busy playing dress-up and dancing with Tuxedo Mask, who is also there looking for the crystal. Yes. Tuxedo Mask is having many problems right now. Um, he's kind of like really glitching out and doesn't know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. He recognizes Usagi and thinks that she could be the princess from his dreams and starts crying a little. Because Usagi, when she changes her like outfit, also changes her thing. So like she made herself look 25 instead of 14 or whatever. And like that triggered like some weird like memory right yeah so as much as i'm all nefrite and naru tuxedo mask and usagi being all like i know you i danced with you once upon a dream like it it got to me it did get to me yeah um and stuff happens and it's not the right crystal but i do want to talk about usagi getting drunk and kissing tuxedo mask yeah we should talk about that 
so tuxedo mask is like older than her but like it's weird adaptational one year two year 15 17 16 14 he's just written so much older that he's written like he's like a 21 year old though yeah no i keep having to like rethink about how old they're supposed to be and how old they act and how old i think it's appropriate for them to be how old is fate (laughs) sorry i think that her being drunk kind of ruined the kiss for me i think that's why i kind of forgot about it yeah like i like the moment of like if she had like fallen over and he'd helped her sit up and put like his jacket on her that's one thing but if them kissing he didn't know she was drunk but the fact that she just like tried some punch got drunk or tipsy soft tuxedo mask had a kiss like that's probably something that's really lovely to happen to you but it's also like not consent no so like story-wise it's kind of a problem visually it looked gorgeous yeah and like it's hard because like in fiction, sometimes I think being inebriated is used as a way to be like, and this thing happened that you wouldn't be able to consciously let yourself happen. But it's just so fucked up when you actually think of like, well, it's fine. Sometimes things don't happen because you don't want them consciously. Let's not leave that weirdly Ray thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. And then there's episode 23, Molly's Folly, Wish Upon a Star, Naru's First Love. Who the fuck is Molly? Molly is the American. That's why you have the two different titles. The first title you're reading is the American version, and the second title you're reading is the Japanese version. So Naru's name in the American dub is Molly. Like how Tuxedo Mask's name is Damien, and Usagi's name is Serena. And then there's Rick and there's Kaylee. Right? What's Ubino's name? Can you Google that real quick? Shit, okay. It's Ubino. probably like... Owen. Xander. <laughs> Melvin Butlers. <laughs> Wait. Melvin? Uh, Ubido, okay, Ubido dumb name. I guess I could see him being a Melvin. Finkus? That was what I was going to say, too. Also called Melvin Butlers in the original English Melvin. dub. Melvin Butlers. <laughs> Ubido is just, like... We don't have to talk about him right now. We're going to have to talk about him next time. Yeah, we'll talk about him next time. I would prefer to talk about him as little as possible. Like, I think Umino might end up being a good guy, but right now he's just it's like a shitty teen. And it sucks as like everybody else is like not both more a teen and less a teen than him. So he probably, maybe he's fine. He you know? likes sexy naked pictures of his teacher. <laughs> Hey, if your teacher was hot, wouldn't you look at her Instagram when people sent you stuff? I know that we had like weird, like, hey, here's a picture of Mrs. Doubtfire in a bikini. Not Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a different situation. <laughs> Did you forget Mrs. Doubtfire is Robin Williams? Uh, regardless, I <laughs> totally know that like there were people passing around, like, oh, here's a picture of like Mrs. Wilson's butt. <laughs> That's gross. It is gross. It's fucking gross as hell. But like being a boy is to be gross. And like it sucks to like come to terms with that big. Oh, wow. A lot of stuff going on around me was really fucked up growing up, you know. But I think that's everybody (laughs) realizes a lot of stuff going around them was really fucked up. Like. All the people that wanted me 
to like join the Templars and stuff. That wasn't even you growing up. That was like you adulting. Yeah, me adulting is like lots of the Templars, cults. lots of cults. <laughs> when I was a child, they wanted me for Christ. When I was an adult, they yeah, wanted the me for angels. And Hell's Angels. I have a lot of <laughs> groups. very sorted past. Look, a lot of people have tried to re- recruit me, but here I am. <laughs> I won. You won? Yes. <laughs> you dating me does not mean that you recruited me. <laughs> I could still be a Templar in Hell's Angel if I, I wanted. I recruited you to my love. You recruited me to your love. Okay. Kind of fucked up. Not gonna lie, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what happens here? I know what it's like to be a grown-up in love, she says into her legs. No, that's later. Um, they... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't have notes on these because I was too busy crying. So, it's a two-parter. Wish upon a star, Naru's first love, and then Naru's tears, death rate dies for love. So... Yeah, already crying just because I know what the episodes are called. Um, we talked about that though, because like multiple episodes of like Dragon Ball Z and like Dragon Ball Z Kai, multiple episodes of Kamen Rider are just like Zanki dies. I think that Shoutsu we dies. should adopt that because it would be much easier on me. Archie dies, in episode fifteen of Riverdale. I just like the body would have sucked so much less if. The title Joyce Dies in the End. Joyce Dies in the End by John Dies in the End. Uh, but yeah, so Nephrite creates a crystal that will guide him to these other crystals. It's the part that he like sells his soul or something to make this crystal come out, the dark crystal. Oh, right. And then he's like somehow realizes that it's like connected to Naru mm-hmm. and like goes and sneaks in her room at night while she's under the covers and like scans her body. Yeah. And then it was creepy. I didn't approve of that. I think like it's something it's like being thought up of from the perspective of like the fantasy of the teen and like, oh, what if he saw me and saw that I was pure versus like me to needs to be better about this. But I feel like it's doing that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Usagi tells Naru to stop being in love with Mr. Sanjuin because he's a bad guy. But like. Because Naru doesn't know about Usagi's secret identity, she can't tell her anything that, like, would prove this point. I mean, she could just be like, yo, he's, like, 15 years older than us. That's creepy. Usagi doesn't know that's creepy. <laughs> no. Usagi's like, oh, man, this no. salary man with a cool goatee told me I was pretty. If I didn't know that he was working for the Dark Kingdom, I'd probably be jealous. I really do like how, like, so much of these shows just, like, them being like, Look at that hot guy. Let's go take pictures of him and shit. Let's go hang out <laughs> with him. Like, it's probably fucked up. Like, as hot a guys thing. are just celebrities. Doesn't matter if they're a celebrity. By being hot, they are. I think it's just like a cultural thing to be like, oh, let's go hang out with like this person that we think is hot and be a fan of them, which I think is weird. There's um, a small, but that, like that's like. Instagram culture, I guess. Yeah, Sorry, that's go. true. Oh, no, I was just trying to actually be on top, like, be on plot. Um, So Usagi tells Naru she has to stay away from him. He calls her and is like, hey, can you come meet me? So she, like, runs out of her mom's house in the middle of the night to go meet Mr. Sanjuin in, like, the woods somewhere. 
and he tells her that he just wanted to see her one more time because he has to go away because there are bad people after him. And she's like, oh, no, I love you. Is there anything I can do? How can I help? I don't want you to go away. How can I make it so you don't have to go away? And so he tells her that he needs the crystal because she think he thinks she has it. And she's like, huh, a crystal, huh? That sounds familiar. I bet it's the one at my mom's jewelry shop. So she goes home, steals the crystal, and leaves again <laughs> to go bring it to him. I like that he's trying to exploit her for unrelated to sex reasons. Yeah, no, that that's does a make good it point. Easier. Like, like he's trying to ex- like it's like it's easier to sympathize with a murderer than a rapist. Yeah, like it's just like oh, he's trying to exploit her and get a crystal. <laughs> he's not trying to like have sex with her. So like, right, he's not like easier. taking advantage of her feelings in a carnal way. <laughs> yeah, just. in like a devil way. <laughs> um, a lot of this episode, who is like. Kusaki feeling like she can't tell like Nar about Nephrite and not knowing how to say it and stuff. There's this point where she goes to Matoki and Matoki's helping out like another girl at the arcade and she's like, that motherfucker. And Mamoru shows up and like tells Matoki that she's jealous. And Matoki's like, oh, I didn't see you come in. Do you want to go get coffee? My shift's over. And Mamoru's like, I'm coming too. Honestly, good on Mamoru. He's helping right now. Because, like, what Matoki is doing is, as a dude, sometimes you lead people on by being nice to them. and Going with them to Dunkin' Donuts and buying somebody else some coffee. Our culture has equated being nice to somebody as flirting with them. And frankly, you should be nice to people a lot. Like, you should be nice to people you're not trying to have any sex with. Um, that's a cool thing to learn as you grow up to be like, Oh, I could just be friendly with this person. And like what Matoki's doing is like, Oh, this girl is having trouble. I should get coffee with her and help her. Not this girl has a crush on me, you know? Yeah. But this was like the most off base Matoki's been like up until this point, it's felt a lot more innocent him leading her on. This was like, explicitly leading her on. He never leans in, though. He never tries to get that kiss or whatever. I don't know. I think that this is, like, the worst that he's done so far. Because he, like, goes to coffee with her? Yeah. It'd be like, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. I'm off my shift. Want to go out with me? I don't know. I think Tuxedo I don't best. think he's doing it on purpose. Like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, from her perspective, this is the most leading her on he's done before. Up until this point, like he's just been nice to her. Now he's like, you want to leave this place where we have this relationship and go somewhere else? Okay, but like as a dude, sometimes you look at somebody and you're not processing, oh, I'm taller than them. Oh, I'm cute. Oh, I'm being nice to them. Like you're just like, oh, hey, what's up, friend? And they're like, oh, man, I want to date you forever. Right, but Usagi's saying that out loud most of the time. She is not subtle. He should have figured this out by now. He's very dumb. He's very dumb. I'm glad that Mamoru goes to like defuse Usagi, basically. Right. And she's like going to take Matoki's advice about not telling um, Naru. And then Mamoru's like, no, you got to tell him. How are you going to fix it if you don't tell her? Yeah. And she like takes that. Like, it's very funny. All the stuff of like, oh, I wish I was here with somebody who... I wasn't destined to be with. Oh, I wish like I knew where the princess was. Um, and the episode 
just ends with them having like a big fight as um they like block as um Naru blocks like Nephrite for being like hit from attack by Sailor Moon. Right. The whole big so schmoz. after she runs away from home with the crystal, um, Usagi's like going to go over to her house to see if she's okay, and her mom's like, "Oh no, she just ran away. That's not like her." So Usagi transforms into Sailor Moon and goes looking for her. She finds her in Nephrite and is like, ah, get away from her. Um, And I think Ami and Ray show up too. Yeah, they're there. And so they all try to fight Nephrite, but yeah, silly Naru jumps in the way. That bleeds to the next episode because like he's confused, she's confused. She starts the episode like talking into her legs and about like, a, like, oh, like what it's like to have like adult romance and everything. At the beginning of the episode, he's confused. He's He doesn't understand why she would have gotten in the way. He doesn't understand why she would be protecting him. But he's also still okay at this point using that to yeah. get the crystal. He is not like, oh, I also love her. So he's still trying to manipulate her. Now he's just trying to manipulate her into telling her who mm. Sailor Moon is. And this is where we get the nude bed energy yes. with the crystal. Yep, because then he's like hiding in the shadows of her curtains and the window like, don't look at me. I just need to know who Sailor Moon is. And he tries to like fake turn and be like, oh, I've been thinking of joining with Sailor Moon. Who is she? Um, So that's obviously like a ploy still, but Zoysite's also listening to this. I don't think Zoysite realizes it's a ploy. No, I think not at he all. definitely he understands <laughs> Nephrite a lot better than Nephrite does. Zoysite and Jadeite are like the like sub generals in all sense of the word. Yeah. Um just like Zoysite has a friend up top. <laughs> <laughs> We're drinking. Um said it was a long week. We have no notes. Just go along for the ride. Yeah. And like he admits that being Sanjuine has been a facade and he's not actually a sports car driving. I'm not going to do like a Ric Flair thing right now. Fuck that, dude. But um, yeah. But so Zoysite's listening in to him trying to manipulate Naru into telling him who Sailor Moon is and is like, oh, he likes this girl. Let's kidnap her. That'll work. Yeah. So he already knows that kidnapping Naru is going to work, even though Nephrite Nephrite doesn't know that kidnapping Naru is something that would work on him until it does. And like, it's, I like how it's largely framed as he's trying to use her as a chess piece because Sailor Moon shows up even deep into his episode, you know? Yeah. Until he's not. It's okay. Um, so... (laughs) He fights these three monsters and like everything and has the sword and then he gets hurt. He gets hurt in his arm. Yeah. And him and Naru run away and Naru rips off part of her shirt to wrap up his arm wound and then they start flirting and she asks him if he likes chocolate parfaits. And he says yes, but she knows she can tell he's lying now. Uh, he doesn't know what a chocolate parfait is. <laughs> and says that she knows it's silly, but 
she's been dreaming about him and her going to the cafe and sharing a a chocolate parfait. And he tells her that he will. And they laugh. And she says it's the first time he's she's heard him laugh like that. And there's a whole bunch of stuff is like specifically targeted at, at people like Allie that are like specifically targeted at me. Oh, like she says stuff like, oh, it's fine if you lie to me all the time. And then like the next scene is like, oh, you weren't lying that time. And, well, she says it's OK for him to lie to her. And she asks him if his evil organization will give him a day off to go get the chocolate parfait. And I just love Naru so much. She's kind of like presented to like as like this weird ideal of like if you're going to present a relationship between somebody who's underage and not, I feel like if you are somebody who's not morally sound presenting the underage person, I think Naro is that person. She's like this weird idealized figure of like how she's like like got like red hair and so like gentle and skinny and naive and everything like it's almost it, it, it it's fucked up yeah but they i got can't you. think critically about this so i just have feelings yeah the monsters come back while they're being cute and shippy and they attack him again and he tells her to leave and then the monster stabby, stabby, stabs him for real for death. And then, and then, and then I guess the Sailor Scouts come and save the day or something, but none of that matters because Nefre is dying in Naru's arms, even though he told her they would go get chocolate parfaits. And there's a sad version of the Sailor Moon theme. It's okay. There'll be more. Th- a lot of the fun Toku is like fun version of themes. Oh, I'm going to cry again. Your turn. You take over. So, yeah. There's a point where Tuxedo Mask saves Sailor Moon and says, don't worry, you'll figure it out after he leaves. Tuxedo Mask was in this episode. Yeah, he shows up to help her be rescued from... The weird dimension that Nephrite puts her in. It's like a little scene. Um, yeah. They kill the monsters, but then Nephrite dies, and Naru's sad. Um, and the, Allie's sad. But the fun thing is that something I love in fiction is when they do a big, like, everybody's sad episode, and, like, what they do is they, like, bring in the new puppy. They're like, new character time. That's the only way to heal. Are you calling Jupiter a new puppy? Jupiter comes thundering in. Jupiter, the powerful girl in love. So, Netflix is the tall girl happens, because Jupiter joins us. Okay. Hold on, I'm trying to recollect myself. Okay. So... (laughs) Those are two very different titles, the American version and the Japanese version. Jupiter comes thundering in, and Jupiter the powerful girl in love? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that difference? I feel like those exude two very different ideas of Jupiter... Like, I feel like Jupiter comes thundering in, plays to the, like, her being the tomboy of the group and tall and whatever. And then the powerful girl in love. I guess powerful, like, does kind of hit on that, depending on how you want to take powerful. But the but emphasizing the her having a sad backstory. Yeah. Like, the Japanese version is like, much more. Look at this new girl come and fuck shit up versus... Look at this sad figure. She liked a boy one time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, also, her parents are dead, I guess. But the the real problem is she liked a boy one time. I want that on a shirt. She liked a boy one time. <laughs> uh, Sailor Moon. Uh, no, like there's some early on stuff where it's like, oh, like the super great ruler, like they give some energy and the great ruler shows up for a second. Oh, I forgot about that. The barrel. Um, but he doesn't have enough energy to stay alive. And he tells them that they need to go get the seven. Crystals. I love when like in like Toku and the anime stuff, it's like, oh, and here's like the seven special monster arcs. That's like this, like these like, Super monster of the weeks, basically. It's always great. Um, I <laughs> I do have one note here is um, there's this point where Usagi sees her, and like I love how like the um, like translation of girls being super cute is that they're cool. Like it's like this weird like oh let's transpose this like attraction into admiration thing that happens every like, time Musagi's like oh my god she's so cool she wants to fuck she's them. like blushing though she's like oh I'm blushing I'm into you must because I think you're so cool um, which like that's like the bi girl origin story is you don't know for the longest time growing up you do not know whether you think you just want to be them because they're cool and then you realize, oh, nope, I'm in love with them. <laughs> I like girls. When there was one set of footsteps is when you were walking a mile in their shoes and making out with them at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but no. Um, I had a little note to myself of like, I think that when you look at, we recently had the like, episode of like, Comrade Hibiki with me and Steph, where we talked about how there's like this Japanese samurai tradition of like, boy love of like the mentor and like the student and like this kind of stuff and like man on man love and how there were like old poems about like what's better to love a woman or love a man like what's a better kind of sex or like romance um and i think that like when you look at like across like the board like the different kind of like traditions of like chivalry see that there's actually like a long history that we tried to forget in the 1800s of like gay relationships between people and like this whole thing of like oh yeah like the princess might need to get married when she's 16 and have children but before that she'll have like romances and like and like stuff with like her handmaids and i think like you see that very clearly in anime and toku sometimes where it's like oh this is the same tradition of like same-sex relationships just like this is how it's a little more at the front of the consciousness in this culture, you know? I feel like it gets worse with every new Sailor Scout that gets introduced. Yeah, it's just like, oh, if they didn't have like weird mores from modern society, they'd just be like, they'd all just making make out, out all the time. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, cool, we're making out. Oh, like you got married to have kids and stuff. Cool. Let's make out some time again over brunch. Mamoru won't mind. Yeah. Um, Usagi, Mamoru, and Rei would be like the ultimate power thruple. I do like how Usagi gets gets like accosted by like some Yu Yu Hakusho boys, just like some like weird vagrant fighting boys that is like a big mainstay of like anime at this time. She like runs into them the same way she runs into Mamoru, only now it's a problem. 
And that is when um, Matoki beats them up really bad. <laughs> Just like beats the shit it's of them. It's not Matoki. And... It's Mako. Ah, shit. Uh, Makoto. Makoto. So she's just like a tall girl. She's significant. She, she's like a foot taller than like the other girls and like half a foot taller than the boys kind of thing. She's very big. She's very cute. Well, it's the big girl. Um, but no. Um, so like it's then lunchtime where we hear the lunchtime song. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. My stomach's growling like a big old bear. Where did you get that note from? Me. I wrote that down because Usagi like saying that when it was lunchtime. Did she? Yes, she said it's lunchtime. I must have still been crying. My stomach's growling like a big old bear. I might have still been crying by this point. And that's when she sees that Makoto is like alone eating lunch and like is actually really like well cooked and dainty. She comes over, talks to her, and then they go on a date. Like, don't do that. She got kicked out of her school for fighting for setting. Don't gym go on talk fire. To her. <laughs> She's the slayer. Yeah. She's wearing like a like different uniform too, and she's very tall and leggy and stuff. And she's like, oh, she's a fighter. Yeah. But they go out and then they have a nice date. Um, and they see <laughs> Joe the crane game troll. <laughs> she takes a Usagi takes her to the arcade because she's showing her around. Yeah. And like she sees this dude like Joe the Crane Game Troll, which Great name, great design, perfect. That's my new wrestling gimmick. A new character, a new great favorite character. And he apparently <laughs> looks like her ex crush. Or talks like him later, we find out. But she's like immediately like, oh, I'm going to tall girl this guy real quick. What um, does that mean? You know. I don't know. But no, she's very into him. And um, like, like protects him when he's attacked by like Zoysite and like punches Zoysite and like his whole thing is that like he has the psychic power of like lifting things and he uses that to be good at like crane games which I really love I think giving people psychic powers and then having to use it for bullshit is my favorite use of powers um and also like cool cameos like oh it's like Godzilla oh it's like Sailor Mercury oh it's like King Ghidorah like in the crane game but yeah, um, she has like cool earrings that's used to like distract his voice sight and punch him. But then like he gets turned into a monster after he says giant girls aren't really my type. And there's point two oh, where she Mako. meets Luna. She says, you could talk. <laughs> um, and she and Sailor Moon fight the game monster, who's the only non-horny monster we've seen so far. Um, but I do want to say that her skirt is more of a problem than Ray's somehow. For being tall, I guess. Yeah, it has to be how long her legs are, but I guess it's just getting... We said it was getting gayer every scout that gets introduced, so maybe every scout skirt just gets shorter. Scout is a gay word, I think. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, and, like, Sailor Moon, like, also had, like, an upskirt shot, like, in, like, episode two. It's like, okay, like, that's a lot. Don't show her butt when she's like, falls down. It's fine. And it's so much more intentional in the anime because in the live action, like they have to, they have to, to keep the integrity of the skirts. And they're wearing like weird diapers, you know, like the way that they're moving. There's no way around the skirts. 
flipping up like that unless they were extremely longer than they like would aesthetically be. Yeah. But the animate like the PD shots are very intentional. Just move it a little bit, like you know, just like move the camera a bit. Um, and then she gets that moon stick. And so she gets the stick that lets her kill the bad guy without him hurting the human. But then later on, Luna's like, because you have that, you're the leader. And it's like, well, you gave it to her, Luna. Also, she's been the leader the whole time. Like, I don't know why any of you are surprised. In a Goku way, though, you know? You like Goku. But yeah, um, they win. <laughs> and then they have four Sailor Scouts. They're like, oh, you're the leader now. We just have to find the princess. And then she's like, oh, the princess... Bet she's a real bitch. No, I shouldn't say that, but you know. Do you think, because, okay, I know over, like, I know sweeping, broad, overarching things, plot points in general about the rest of Sailor Moon. So, like, I know Usagi's the princess. Is Luna nicer to her after she realizes this? I mean, how do you know that Isagi's a princess? Uh, maybe? We're having a little cat issue. We have a cat trying to get some. But no, um, yeah, maybe. But maybe she's also finds out she's like the cat princess. <laughs> I just think fuck everybody you. should be nicer to Usagi. Or maybe she like turns into like Sebastian, you know? Just like, <laughs> oh. But yeah. I feel like Luna and Sebastian would get along. They'd understand each other. Yeah. They'd be like the bear necessity. That's not Sebastian. That is not at all Sebastian. Those are two very <laughs> bear different necessities. I'm a lobster. Do, do, do. What's he? Um somebody to love. Kiss the girl. Kiss the girl under the sea. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> But let's stop. Being so animated, let's get live action. These were my favorite live actions so far. There's something very endearing about the live action stuff because it's so clearly like lower budget because it can't make everything, it has to like match the world. It's growing on me, like hardcore growing on me. And that's a act six. The, the transfer student is Sailor Jupiter, it's the like mapped episode to this episode that we just covered. Um. But yeah, um, only instead of random guys Usagi's running into on the street, there's basketball players. And basically, like, there's this cute basketball player that like all the girls are coming to see. He has like, describe his outfit. Two thousands basketball boy. He's wearing like a head wrap and like this like wrap outfit too that matches. So he like looks like this like refugee suit maker. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. But it's right. Um, and like Naru and all the girls are like looking at him, like, "Oh my god, it's Takaru." Um, but at least Naru isn't sad. Not yet. Who knows? Oh, I can't do this again. This better not be a plot point that carries over. I can't handle this again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because like the culture of like seeing a cute dude and like. Going to like his pickup basketball games, stalking him every day after school. 
that sounds weird, but then you actually think and you're like, actually, that's not that weird. That's pretty weird. Teen girls do that all the time when you play sports. Do they? What do you sit on the bleachers after school doing? I never did. Well, what the royal you? America. Did you have girls sitting on the bleachers watching you play football in high school? No, my team wasn't very good. (laughs) But like in every teen movie, there's a scene of people like at bleachers looking at the boy doing like quarterback footballing, you know? (laughs) but no like this is the kind of thing that, like so sometimes you hear something like oh that's such a weird cultural thing you're like wait that happens and i feel like d- hot dudes that do something i've totally like seen or been a part of crowds after said hot dudes yeah i'm trying to think if i ever did anything like that in middle school well you were shy i had children to watch he has children to watch. Not yours, but yeah. Um, so basically, like, the same thing happens where, like, Usagi gets, like, harassed by some dudes who they look like they're anime. They were the most anime live action boys. They look very different from their anime dudes, but they look very animated. Because they're wearing, like, goggles and cool, like, Spy Kids sunglasses. And, <laughs> yeah, like... I don't know what those guys were doing with their lives. I love seeing American fashion, like, European fashion translate into like Toku stuff where it's like big baggy jeans and sweatshirts and everything. Yeah, but then like a tall girl helps her, but she's in an unfamiliar school uniform. Um and she walks away. And Usagi's like, oh, she's cool. And even here, she's still pretty clearly crushing on her. I would say even more clearly. Fair. We get some like Nephrite and Jadeite and like Queen Barrel. It's fun that they're hanging out as opposed to the anime where they have their, their own arcs. shadows are so cool. Yeah. After they're talking to Queen Barrel and Nephrite, like, or Jadeite, like, storms out and he's standing in the cave and you just see Nephrite's humongous shadow slowly approaching and like consuming Jadeites. It's very good. And then, um, there's lunchtime at school and like Ami and like Makoto like share glances and like Ami like notices that her lunch is more dainty than you'd think. They're like both still like princess diaries sitting on the bleachers in the rain eating lunch by themselves together. I guess princess diaries and ab is right. That's like, that's what the set, the setting reminds me of every time we've seen Ami sitting up there eating lunch. It looks like, like the bleacher scene in princess diaries. Everyone at school is very apprehensive. He's like, look at that girl. She's so tall. Why and did she, they have bleachers on their roof in Princess Star? She got in fights um, for high stakes uh, volleyball. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, that's what's up. Just cut my finger open. I'm sorry. This is not at all relevant. I mean, probably for like tennis or something. I don't know. <laughs> roof tennis. Yeah, roof tennis. Tonsil hockey. Same thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, then that is when this Usagi even more takes her on a date to Claire's and they shit. They go to Claire's! Like, legit IRL Claire's! Yeah, most of these stores are, like, international weird fashion stores. Like, I know Claire's still exists, but I haven't been to a mall in two years. Yeah. And I have no idea the last time I was in a Claire's. 
But like, besides like the Japanese branding and everything, like that was exactly what Claire's looks like in my head. Like it made me so nostalgic. Those like turnstile things that have like the little bands and fluffies on. Uh huh. Yeah. And they have a fun, let's look at our feet or whatever. Like, let's wear shoes. Let's look at, let's express our pers- different personalities by our different shoes that we're trying on. Yeah. And we also learned that I, my parents are dead, um, which I always wonder what the socioeconomic situation of somebody who loses their parents at a young age, but lives in Tokyo and has like their own like place is. I'm like, they're still in middle school. And she lost her parents at a young age. Ten. How long? Oh, was it at ten? So it's all she's on. So she's been living alone for four years. Yeah, there's no like uncles. Ten year olds are not old enough to live in an apartment by themselves. I wonder if that's just the thing. Is like it's normal enough that like the plot of Naruto is that Naruto lives in an apartment by himself too. Like and like goes to be a ninja and like whatever you see. He his doesn't apartment. live at the ramen. Store? No, he has his own apartment. Right, since but I he was figured like four it was above the old. ramen store. No, since he was four years old, he has his own like one I bedroom the apartment. The ramen store took care of him, and so did the teacher man. No, he just has his own place. I have watched two episodes of Naruto. One of them was the first one, and one of them was like the middle of the tuning exams. Yeah, so my Naruto reference cannot be judged. <laughs> no, like it's like a plot he's point. He lives alone, but he also doesn't know who his parents is. So like he's just allowed to live in an apartment it's paid for by the city or whatever like the village so maybe it's like that where like they left her money or it's just like part of foster care is you get your own apartment i don't know i don't know i didn't think about this so hard before but now that i'm thinking about it it doesn't make any sense it might just be a thing where it's like hey if you're an orphan you get your own place okay question yes so tuxedo mask has the same backstory well mamaru has the same backstory they say his, his parents are rich, though. Right. But, like, oh, well, I guess if they're reincarnated, never mind. I guess that still makes sense. What were you going to say now? I was just confused about, like, how, <laughs> like, if he actually had parents, but I guess they're, like, reincarnated. They're not, like, coming from another dimension. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, this fetus right, is Right. Like, mine. they're reincarnated. They're not, like, displaced I think so. from a timeline. They're reincarnated or like they're interacting with their past selves. Like this might be like, oh, this family was wishing for a son. So I came and gotten in there. Or it might be like, oh, this is like our original family. Who knows? But yeah. Um, then there's like Luna talking to Ray and everything. And like Ray meeting Makoto at the shrine and be like, oh, what's up? Oh, is she evil? What's going on? No, she says she thinks she might be the, the fourth scout. And Usagi's so excited because why else would she make a new friend? I love how excited she is to make new friends all the time. Yeah, she's like much more of like a fun Labrador retriever dog in this show. (laughs) She's so cute. She's like, oh, I'm a cute girl. You're my best friend now. Ooh, and you're part of my team. There's some more stuff of like her watching. She, She leaves their date to watch Takaru playing the other girls and there's like a red light that makes everybody freeze and like oh what's going out of him and then like um at school the next day the girls are looking at like a photo of Taguru and then their teacher grabs them and says hey what's this it's like oh he's really cute 
It's never specified that she's Miss Haruna, but she's clearly Miss Haruna. She has to be. Then, like, it's like, oh, like, oh, like, Makoto, do you like him? And she's like, oh, ha, ha, no, I'm a tomboy. I can't. Love isn't for me. Love isn't for me. And, and like, she also, like, she just likes basketball, which maybe. Um, I'm so glad there's no Umino in the show. Please don't jinx it and manifest Umino into reality. There's no Kunzite, it's just Umino. Right, but like Zoysite was Kunzite. Yes. But Makoto gets home and she sees a letter and she builds like a bunch of baked goods. She bakes a bunch of baked goods, not builds, and like goes to be him that next day and gets caught in the rain. Um, while we see Takaru's like whisking away all of the girls that are admiring him to a good adventure, uh, to a dimension and for me, I will never see a dimension with candles and shit and not think of like Power Rangers, like all their weird scenes and like this weird, like smoky room with like candles that like, like show their life force and how they have to like get their candles back or they'll die and that kind of stuff. Their power Do they also be. have Aristotle busts? <laughs> I love that shit. No, they did not. <laughs> Too bad. No, so. So Mako's in the rain being sad because she got stood up. And then those dumb boys show up and are like, ha ha, you thought that it was the boy. Why would he like you? How did they get her address? Probably in the school phone book. I don't know. Are these? I figured they were high school boys, though. I don't know how they also, got her Also, she's address. a transfer student. How would she be in the school phone book? I'm guessing they just followed her home. That's sketchy. I don't like that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't play tricks on people also. It's mean. Um, But Luna sees this because Luna's following her around trying to make sure, like, figure out if she's the scale, uh, Sailor Scout or not. And so she sees this and calls Usagi. Mm-hmm. And Usagi and Ray and Ami show up to make sure that she's okay, even though they don't have confirmation that she's a Sailor Scout. Luna still, like, calls them just because she's being bullied. And I thought that was, like, the sweetest thing Luna's ever done. Because usually Luna's a bully, too. Luna is nicer than live action, I feel like. Because she's a little stuffed animal, I think. That's why. But no. Um, And they decide, let's beat the shit out of these boys at basketball. <laughs> but you thought they were actually... They all whip out their cell phones to transform and you thought they were actually going to transform full on into their Sailor Scout uniforms and go beat the shit out of these boys. That made so much more sense than like form of a basketball player. But no, they. I thought they were going to show up superpowers just beat the shit out of these boys like <laughs> fire! Tiara! Oh no, my arm! Just like kill them. power. Bubble power. Yeah, like he's I thought they were going to kill these dudes. I thought, like, fucking, like, Ambi was going to be, just have, like, a chair and break one of their legs. Just, <laughs> you know, wrestling. Uh, but no. Uh, instead, they become basketball. With basketball-themed outfits. They're so good. Just, okay. like, even if you don't go watch this show, please just find pictures of the fashion. The fashion is incredible. Ray has like a backwards hat and everything. Ray looks so cute. I love her. Like Ami looks insane just because it's so outside of Ami's style. But Ray is like, just Ray's gorgeous. She has like a beanie that like has like the top out for like, it's like a white guy dreadlock kind of thing. 
Usagi has like a beanie on that's like normal and they're like in like basketball outfits and they just beat the brakes off the boys. Usagi like, like magic jumps onto the one boy's face and steps on it with her sneaker and then dunks the ball. Yeah, like flubber. It was great. Way better than just beating them up. And then there's a monster and it and like He's a Medusa. He's a Medusa. But like Makoto's like she's the only one who's like him. not under his spell and so she's like you're taking advantage of all of us and he's like who could ever love you so she punches him and then the spell breaks and all the girls are set free and he's like no I will still take you and then they all fight <laughs> I thought I thought you I thought you were gonna say like another f word but uh yeah um also, apparently, their home base is at Karaoke Clown. That's what the karaoke... Oh. That says crown. Crown, you're right. That's an entirely different connotation. Clown, crown, bound. Uh, but no, um, the boys collapse and like they're like exhaustion and everything, and they've been lost and stuff. Um, and then um, like the monster separates from Takaru, but he like runs away and screams, so she's left like being choked by the snake. And then, like, having flashbacks to her parents leaving her and dying, and now this boy leaving her, and she's so abandoned. And then Usagi shows up and doesn't abandon her in her like dream state, and then she transforms, and then like she actually shows up afterwards. But like, she wins the fight on her own. Yeah, and she has lightning powers because Jupiter. Um, and then Luna's like, they're all the Sailor Scouts. Let's find the princess. And the silver crystal. And then that's episode seven. It's my favorite live action episode so far. Basically, Husagi is randomly fighting this like ninja, like brush, like substitution jutsu kind of thing. Like it's like whatever she hits it, like it like is able to like become a fake out and then like teleport somewhere else and like attack her. The tuxedo mask shows up to help. And then she goes chasing after Tuxedo Mask, but then also Sailor V is there and is like, hey, stop chasing Tuxedo Mask. He's a bad dude. Leave him alone. And Usagi's like, oh no, how can he be a bad dude? That's sad. He's cute. I like him. Are you the princess? And then she just runs away. So Tuxedo Mask's tuxedo gets ripped. So the next day at the like karaoke crown clown, she sees uh the like clerk Matoki with his turtle and he has a ripped tuxedo. She's like, oh and talks to him and is nice and this like naturally ends up flirting into like a three way date, which is like the kind no, of thing. That's that, the next day. The next day she brings the turtle food because she thinks that oh, okay. he's tuxedo mask. So she brings the tur- turtle food to make a conversation. And he's like, hey, I got these tickets to this amusement park and they expire tomorrow. You want to come with us? Yeah. I think they look closer in age here, which is nice. Yes. And also, I like how it's like, I want to bring my turtle friend to like get some experience. Yes. Women. So the amusement park date. So it's kind of like this episode is kind of uh, like counterpoint to the amusement park anime episode. Only better. Because Zoysite is on the piano. Because <laughs> yeah, Zoysite's here out on the piano, being 
Kunzanite. I'm curious to see if we also get Kunzanite because I feel like Zoicide's very much taking his role. They've said they're the four generals in, right. in hell. So we're. So, but then, so what's Kunzanite's job going to be? I don't know. Maybe he's like the most sub. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the amusement park date is Usagi. Ami wants to look into Sailor V, so Ami's not coming. So it's Usagi, Ray, and Mako. Kunzai could be very cruel and like evil. Aren't they all? <laughs> Keep going. And then they're waiting for Matoki. Matoko. Matoki. Matoki. Matoki to show up. I got confused because of Mako. Um, they're waiting for Matoki to show up. And Usagi sees Mamoru and it's like, you, why are you always around? And he's all like, oh, why are you always around? And Matoki's like, oh, you guys know each other? Cool. Also, here's your bag with your tuxedo. Here's your bag with your tuxedo. But this is when Usagi's not looking because she's like telling Mako, like, yeah, he's that creep that follows that like always shows up everywhere. And she's ready to beat some ass. Um, And so then the third friend shows up. And he's this cute little turtle boy who like has turtles. three turtles on his shirt and a giant turtle stuffed backpack. And Matoki's like, this is my friend, whatever his name is. He likes Darby. turtles too. He's also a turtle enthusiast. Dude, So then, I don't sleep because my head's on fire. I hate creeps. I hate liars. His oh. name's not Darby. It's super not Darby. <laughs> It's like Michelson. Um, so then they do play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who's going to ride when rides with who. And Usagi ends up with Mamoru and Mako ends up with Matoki. But Usagi is not being subtle and is all like. <sighs> yeah. Until Mako is like, I actually want to be with somebody I don't know and switches so that. Usagi and Matoki can ride the ride together. But Usagi's all confused because she's like, huh, Matoki's scared of the ride, and I don't feel as excited as I do when I'm usually with Tuxedo Mask. So basically, this whole episode revolves around the fact that Usagi is horny for Tuxedo Mask and not for Matoki. <laughs> yes. Am I wrong? No. Am I oversimplifying it? No. Exactly. So they go on. A roller coaster and they go on like an up and down ride and then they go on some boats and Mako paddles the boat real fast and she's having a great time and Mamoru is just like do you want to switch places she's like nope and during all of this Ray is stuck with the turtle boy who has the hiccups whenever he talks to a pretty girl so he just can't stop hiccuping and they can't go on any rides or have any kind of friendship or anything because he just keeps hiccuping and trying like all of these different cures for hiccups including pulling out a tupperware that he has in his backpack which also has turtles on it full of lemons because he thinks lemons will help the hiccups look at our lemony lemon trees <laughs> hopefully no horse comes to our lemons. <laughs> um so then ray and him are stuck like dealing with his hiccups Mamoru and Mako and Matoki and Usagi all go in like a house of mirrors. Um, and Matoki is like really sweet, even though Usagi's not feeling it. He's like really sweet and he's scared. 
And he... He also does not come across as if he's trying to, like, have a successful date. He's like, let's have a nice time, and hopefully my friend has a nice time and, like, is less... You know, like, he's not trying to, like, further anything. No. But so he pulls out a handkerchief and is like, here, hold on to this. So he gives Usagi a handkerchief so each of them can hold on to one side. He does not touch her. He hands out the handkerchief. She takes the handkerchief. He's holding the end of the handkerchief. They do not hold hands. They do not touch. They get separated immediately. They're wandering around trying to find each other. And she ends up outside, like, at the completion of the maze, I guess, with Mamoru. And he's like, how could you? He's scared. How could you do this if you're supposed to like him? And she's like, how could you leave Mako? She's a girl. What are you doing? Why do you care what I do? It's worth noting that this Mamoru seems to know that he's tuxedo mask. Yes. So he can kind of like put things together. But he doesn't know yet that Usagi is Sailor Moon. She He just hates Usagi. Um, but so he's like, fine, we got to go find him. Let's go back in the maze. He goes to hold on to the handkerchief the same way that Matoki did. But he actually grabs her hand mm-hmm. and they touch. And they, I feel like they either touch significantly more or just they touch more significantly <laughs> than they do in the anime. Okay. Good calls. Good calls, ref. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. No. Keep going. Keep and, going. Um, so that's a good part. The appetizer, appetizer. That was my favorite part was when they touch. Um, I lost my train of thought because you made fun of me. So they're looking for they're looking for the rest of them. Um, they also get separated. Meanwhile, Ray and Turtle Boy are like sitting together outside. Ray gets distracted because she thinks she sees the straw demon thing trading dummy. And so she runs away from Turtle Boy to go find out what's going on with that. Sees some clowns is like, oh, nope, nothing weird here. I must have been imagining it. Turns around, turns back around. All the clowns are on the floor, passed out. All of the kids are crying. Turtle Boy has been possessed by... The straw monster demon. Which seems to stop his hiccups. No, he was still hiccuping. Okay, you're right. And so he's still hiccuping, gets possessed. And the straw demon is harvesting energy for Jadeite. Gets Ray. By gets Ray's energy. And is storing all of the energy in the turtle backpack. Which is now doing like fun child's play. Inflation art. Um, So... Ray calls them or Luna's there and calls them. But so Jupiter and Usagi get the call. Usagi's like, oh no, I gotta get out of here. I gotta be Sailor Moon. Well, I got separated from Mamoru, so it's fine. She transforms into Sailor Moon. But it's a fun house mirrors. House of mirrors. So obviously all the mirrors reflect and Mamoru watches Usagi transform into Sailor Moon and now he knows. Um, so she goes off, they fight, the Sailor Scouts fight the straw man turtle dude. Um, the turtle backpack goes flying, they go to chase after it, 
Jadeite's there and is like, I'm Jadeite, one of the four kings. Ha ha ha. One of the four horsemen of Arn Anderson. <laughs> so apparently. Um, so this is the first time they like actually like talk to Jadeite, even though like. Yeah, different pacing. They f- didn't. They Did they fight him at the costume party, though? They might have. I forget. Now that you're I can't that. remember. But they, I don't think he was definitely in that episode. But I don't know if he was actually at the costume party or if he this was. It's probably the first actual meeting because they treat like that. I think so. And Moontiara. Um, Sailor Moon Moontiara actions him. Tuxedo Mask is also there, and he gets his hand hurted. Because he blocks an attack, but they destroy or like wound the backpack in a way where the energy gets out. Yeah, the they like pop the backpack, and all the energy flies back to all the people, and everybody's chill. And Jadeite runs away. And Tuxedo Mask is like, I don't know why I save you. Like, what, like what asks? And then, um, and then, so yeah. And then Sailor Moon runs after him when he tries to run away. I love that because it's live action and not the anime. He can't just like mysterious Batman poof disappear. Onto an air conditioner one floor down. <laughs> you always see him running. And I think what's worse is that you could hear him running. Um, and so she chases after him and uses the handkerchief that she got from Matoki that she held hands with Mamoru to wrap up Tuxedo Mask's wounded hand. And then they all meet back up and she admits to Ray and Mako that she thought Matoki was Tuxedo Mask, but clearly not because his hand's not hurt. And Ray's like, your heart gets us into so much trouble. Your dumb crushes. Sailor V. Oh, and then Sailor V was also there after she wrapped her hand around. Or after, <laughs> after she wrapped the handkerchief around his hand. And she's just like, and she's just like, you didn't listen to me at all. And Usagi's like, I just can't stay away from him. And she's like, yeah, I guess we can't run away from our fates. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was my favorite episode so far. And then you see Matoki walking down the stairs. Mamoru. Mamoru. Yeah. You see Mamoru walking down the stairs and he's like, so she's tuxedo. Or she's, <laughs> she's tuxedo moon. She is sailor moon. Did you mention how she said she likes tuxedos to Matoki? <laughs> no, I did not mention that. Do you want it? So Matoki's like, oh, it's cool that me and my friend are here. We like turtles. And he's like, what do you like? And she says, I like tuxedos. He's like, what? JK. Yeah. I like whatever you like. <laughs> and Hollister. It's 2003. But yeah, so this was my favorite episode so far. I think this is where the charm of the show started to shine through. Because like more characters started showing up. Uh, there's a really good preview for next time where they're doing E.T. but with a tall girl and a shrine maiden. But um, <laughs> I think that um, it's interesting how the show ends up like doing like a fun little like because it's so lower budget because it's not anime everything it leans into the dumbness of some stuff in a way that's really endearing it's just a very endearing show like very endearing characters like it's very much like hey you're somebody who is motivated by like a prime emotion anger tall girl earnestness you know tall girl is my favorite emotion (laughs) yeah smart tall girl but no, um, I like where this show leaves off. Um, I'm not sure what we have to do next, but um, next we're doing episodes 26 through 30 of 
the anime and episodes eight and nine of the live action. Does that get us to Sailor V or Sailor V the time after? I'm not sure. I know that episode eight and episode 30 are both Ray backstories. Okay. So maybe the time after we get the episodes, right? Probably. I didn't look okay, that yes. ahead. So that is right. Next time, no new Sailor Scout, but like we'll keep on parody. And then after we introduce all of the Sailor Scouts, we can kind of let things go a little more naturally flowing, like one or two episodes each time, you know? I just get excited when we can do the same episodes in the same episode. That's fair. But I think overall, from like the episodes, we learned that whiskey is good and so is Sailor Moon. <laughs> and the live action is growing on me. Like, this is what Toku does. It's just so endearing because it's like not... It's just so earnest, you know? Um, it's fun designs. It's limitations. But no, um, I just have to ask, babe, um, what are the best... Who are your top three characters this time around? Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy? Takai is his name. Kunzanite. Knight, okay. Which version? It's only one, never mind. Yeah, I was like, Kunzanite in the anime, I feel like, is, as I say, in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say Dying Nephrite. Dying Nephrite, okay. Once he's in a t-shirt and has his arm bandaged and is laying against a tree. Yes, okay. That one. I think I like Makoto in the anime. It's my number one. I think I like... Mamoru in the TV show, like in like the live action, and then I think I like um, Luda in the live action. I really love Luda in the live action. Um, who is what was your favorite design for a monster or for a like hero? I really like okay, well, Nephrite in a t shirt with his arm bandaged, laying against a tree, and also Zoysite. But monster, I really liked the live action Medusa man. Very fun design. It was very cool. I like the transformation from like the cute boy into the Medusa man. It was very good. I like the sexy Rat Kings <laughs> girls, <laughs> which have their tails together. They're like, haha, as long as our tails are together, we're good. And then they immediately bite and unlike their tails. <laughs> uh, and what was your favorite outfit between live action and anime? <sighs> Let's pick one. Ray's pink overalls. In the anime? Yeah. I think I might go with Ami's basketball outfit, where she just has like the top knot thing going on. I feel like Ray was like barely in the anime episode, but when she was in the anime, my notes say that she has pink overalls. That's fair. But we reached the end. So where can people find you when you're not talking about Tokusatsu and anime? On Twitter at Ali Sorrow, please tweet me and tell us that we have to do a Riverdale podcast. I need an excuse to watch Riverdale. All right, and please tweet me at James Forge if she if we should do a Sopranos podcast. Um, <laughs> how could we match Sopranos and Riverdale? Who knows? But I'm sure we could if we tried. Probably even if we didn't try. Yeah, probably. We can find the podcast um, at Comrades Me on Twitter, and Instagram. 
And you can go to copyrightbreak.com for our episodes and articles. There is copyrightbreak.com slash episodes for the episodes of links to different podcast services. Copyrightbreak.com slash merch for our merch with all the proceeds going to the Trevor Project. And uh, also, if you would like, please leave us a five-star review. At 15, we are going to be giving away a uh, progress key for cover to game. And after that, at every five and also at um, like 50 is a full commander revised belt which would be fun but yeah you also get a like shout out on the show and we would like questions too so please send in questions to podcast.com and yeah so i have to ask have we learned anything what's our next moon lesson what should we keep in mind don't date people who are older enough than you that you call them mister hmm you sometimes call B a mister, though, in, like, a fun way. Yeah, but I don't call you Mr. Ford Joni. That'd be weird. Hey, that's my street name. Forgy. <laughs> Forgy. No, um, i say, yeah, um, don't, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. If you can't explain to anybody in your life why you should, don't. Because I think Zoe thought it was looking out for, like, Nephrite too, but like, I should kill this dude before he like has a relationship with <laughs> the young girl. That's problematic, dude. Think about it. More importantly than tweeting me about Riverdale, go tweet at Common Ride with me and tell them congratulations on 100 episodes because that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that is fucking awesome. I will sacrifice my Riverdale podcast to congratulate you. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>